Hello and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast, where I'm speaking with Matt from the Las Vegas punk band Jerk, with an exclamation point at the end. I had the privilege of seeing these guys open for Teenage Bottle Rocket and The Last Gang with support from Tightwire back in 2021, and I was quite impressed. I wanted to bring them on and talk about their music and our mutual love of Screeching Weasel and much more, and we'll speak to them right after this. You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock fans around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool. It's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast. Today's going to be a, a good one because I always like to find good independent rock artists to discuss their music and highlight them. And Jerk, as I like to say, is a band that I think punk fans will like if they spend some time listening to their, you know, to their music. And also, if you like the Ramones or Screeching Weasel or the Riverdales or anything like that, then I think you'll guys, you guys will also like these guys, too. So, hey, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Isaac. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, thanks for the yeah. applause. Yeah, yeah. I've got a whole cheering section back here. I see him. Yeah. So obviously, you know, one of my favorite things to do is kind of bring people on that are, you know, not supported by major record labels. It's kind of tough to get those guys anyway. But even if you, even if I had the ability, I probably wouldn't bring those guys on because they've, they, you know, every everything you want to know about them is already on the internet. It's it's guys like you guys who, you know, there's not a whole lot of support and press around it. So it's nice to get some interesting conversations going with you. Um, so let's just first start because I know most people who are probably watching this show and listening to this and listening to this podcast are probably not going to be familiar with jerk the band. So let's kind of talk about your guys is, you know, background, where you guys came from, how you guys started playing. And I know most of you guys are also inside projects, so we can talk about that as well, but how did you guys get together and start playing and how did jerk come together? Yeah, well, it started about, uh, about five and a half, six years ago when our singer Josh moved out here to Vegas from Indiana and, uh, he uh, pretty much uh, grew up on Midwest-style uh, punk rock, you know, that Ramones-style, Screeching Weasel, Riverdale's uh, influence. And uh, he came out here to start a band. And uh, it was really shortly after he moved out here, he started Jerk. And the guys started playing uh, as a three-piece for uh, almost right off the bat. And they started playing shows around Las Vegas. And I was good friends with Josh uh, when he moved out here. I got to know him. We had a a mutual uh, love of that of that style of, of punk rock. You know, uh, I'd say the Lillingtons were with something that me and him bonded over. That was our favorite band. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he started Jerk. I was playing with a different band here in Vegas. And then uh, uh, after about a year, year and a half or so, them playing, they were playing a lot, constantly around town, just a little uh, like Double Down, Dive Bar, uh, uh, local places. And then um, after my band dissolved, Josh uh, hit me up. He said that they wanted a second guitar player. And uh, that was four and a half years ago. And my life has gone downhill ever since. It's been <laughs> year after year, steady decline. Yeah, we, we can blame COVID and all this other stuff on you joining Jerk, right? Yes, yes. Well, for me personally, I mean, since, since joining Jerk, it's just been a steady uh, emotional and financial decline in my life. So <laughs> I want to thank the guys for that. 
<laughs> That's awesome. So obviously, you know, you've mentioned some of these bands and everything. So a lot of influences there. Now, not everybody in the band has those influences, though. It's, it seems like you and Josh do. I talked to Josh, the drummer. Uh, he is really into metal, and you can tell from the style that he plays. He plays like that fast double beat, like on the bass and blast beats with like a lot of the stuff. And then obviously AJ, who's the bass player, he has his own kind of like, I would say more like kind of like hardcore emo rock or something kind of scene that he's into. So how does that all work together with Jerk? Uh, well, you know what? Having a drummer like like Josh Howard is so beneficial. Uh, it, it just it opens up a, a whole different layer of, of things we can do. You know, we have songs that range from, you know, really fast and hard to more poppy. And uh, having Josh being able to, and he really, really wails on that, on the double kick drum. I think that's a driving force in a lot of our heavier songs. And uh, we get a lot of positive response for that. And also, you know, he, he's, like you said, a metalhead guy. He's always been, uh, uh, he's more into like, like Iron Maiden and, yeah. you know, Motley Crue and that, all that stuff. And that's great. But what he brings to punk rock uh, is something that I think, people really see that especially when we when we play a show usually you know how there's always like other musicians in the crowd and like you know for me they might come up to me and be like oh what kind of guitar are you playing or yeah. i love that solo you did or something like that i see <laughs> drummers run up to howard and they're like holy fuck how did you do oh, wait am i allowed to cuss on you absolutely okay there you go <laughs> uh, this is the internet man yeah. we can do whatever we want okay i just i don't know if this is a family show or what but um yeah they'll run up to howard and they'll be like wow, that, that double kick, you know, that roll you did. And he's, he's a phenomenal drummer in that. Uh, we're very lucky to have him. He brings a lot, uh, especially not having been uh, exposed to that style of music before, you know. And then since he joined the band, we're always, you know, uh, over the years we've told him, hey, check out this band, this band, this band. And, and he, he seems to fall in love with, with most of them that we, we, we show him. So he, it's, it's really cool having that, uh, that added layer to, to our band. Yeah, I talked with him after you guys' show, and I was just like, what in the hell? How did you – how do you play like that, man? I was like watching a magician. It's crazy. And I'd mentioned – Yeah, he practices a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned – and as soon as I was thinking and another guy said it, he said, you play a lot like Bill Stevenson from The uh, Descendants. And I was like, exactly what I was thinking. Like the smooth moves yeah. and how fast he plays for how little it looks like he's exerting the effort. He's like, I practice trying to not make any wasted motions. I was like, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, definitely. I remember he was he uh, he told me after the show that somebody gave him that compliment, uh, mentioning Bill Stevenson. He was he was really happy to hear that. That that meant yeah. a lot to him. Yeah, and then, awesome. he lives here in the neighborhood here in downtown. And sometimes I like ride my bike by his house, and I can just hear him practicing outside. So he, <laughs> he puts in the work. Yeah, I bet. I mean, there's no way you get that good without practicing a ton. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So let's talk about the music. So, uh, you know, I think. I'm guessing Josh probably writes most of the songs and kind of comes up with the melodies and stuff. And is that, is that how you guys uh, kind of go in or is it kind of a little well, bit of a mix? Well, when I came in, when I came into the band, there was, uh, you know, the first 12, 15 songs already written. And then since I joined the band, it's been, uh, uh, both me and Josh kind of like, uh, coming up with an idea, whether it be just a riff or a melody or anything. Uh, and we bring it to each other and we just, uh, focus on it together. Yeah. And, once we come up with the whole structure, that's when we call up Howard and be like, hey, man, you know, and then he brings in his input and then we all kind of collaborate together. But it usually starts with, uh, 
either me or Josh having an idea for a, for just a chorus or a riff or anything. And then we come to each other and say, hey, what do you think of this? And we usually tell each other uh, that's good or that's awful or something. And then we yeah. or we take something and try and morph it into into something else. But uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I would say uh, since I've joined the band anyway, it's been both of us uh, really uh, working together. And I, th- I think we do our best work when we work together. Yeah. Yeah. It's just always curious because, you know, sometimes it's literally like one guy writing songs and then bringing it up and then trying to like get everybody on board. Or sometimes it's like, you know, obviously having the ability to play with a band and you guys practice is sometimes you can write songs kind of in the room. So like you just, somebody start yeah. riffing off of something and then drums kind of come in and then you're like, all right, let me play off. Yeah. Of that. And, and it, later you just write the I, lyrics. I've been in different bands where uh, there's different styles of writing. Sometimes you have a, a person who is like the singer, the songwriter, the lead guitar player, and he brings everything right to the table. You yeah. know, it's like, this is a song. This is how I want it to be start to finish. And that's it, you know, and maybe there might be a little bit of creative input for the other guys. And then you have bands where it takes the whole group coming together. Or sometimes, you, you know, you just start jamming together. Sometimes you just throw three or four chords and then the bass jumps in and then the drums come in. And somebody says, hey, let's throw a stop here and let's put a chorus there or split the verse or something like that. And, uh, you know, I've been in bands where, where the writing style goes is, is both different, uh, different ways like that. Yeah. And uh, they both have their, their benefits. Yeah. I, I, tend to, I tend to enjoy writing with other people. Yeah. I think it gives it more of a, and this is going to sound weird, but because I, I, I have to play a lot by myself because I don't have a band and I haven't had a band for like six years. And in the last band I played drums in, but I do play guitar and bass. Um, but I, I'll usually have, you know, the whole song written. But if anytime I go and, and play with band and practice with a band, like it's so much better because then I can actually think of how I want the song to sound as I'm kind of making it as opposed to thinking about how I want it to sound and then trying to create it. Right. Cause there's a lot yeah. of pressure to try to match what's in your brain and then try to do it yourself versus having something just kind of spontaneously happen and then trying to kind of improve it after that, which is I think the better way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I agree. Uh, I, I like, I, I jam with this. Uh, I, I play in another band and the singer, he does almost everything himself. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll send me the, the demos that he writes and everything. And I play bass in that band and he says, well, you know, I'll, I'll try and, and, and incorporate, you know, how I want the bass lines to go. But for the most part, he has like 99% of the song done by the time, you know, we even uh, get, get the whole group together. Yeah. And that, that works too, because, you know, some people just have that, that particular talent, you yeah. know, to have, they have the vision already. They already have the song in their head, how they want it start to finish. And that's fine. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about, the music itself. And obviously you guys released in 2019, the album called panic attack, which to me is, is it's a lot of fun. I mean, there's songs on there like, uh, uh what is it? I killed the prom queen. I think it's called, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and some of the other ones in there, like, uh, Susie, the bonehead. And you could tell like some of them are very, very, very Ramones and screeching weasel esque, even with like the titles and stuff like that. Um, yeah. playful, playful joking kind of, um, references to comic books and all that kind of stuff. So, what was it like, you know, doing doing that? And then obviously you guys have had a couple of extra singles come out since then. 
Um, but what was it like putting that album together? You know, who'd you record it with and, and did you use a producer? I think you said you did, but, uh, who did you kind of work with and, and how did that whole, whole thing come together? Well, uh, the guys, Jerk had a, uh, a self-released full length album, uh, called get rad when they first started. And gotcha. this was, a uh, they, they, they printed it themselves. This was before I was in the band and they printed probably, you know, maybe 50 or hundred copy CDs and, uh, you know, it was, it might've been 14 or 15 songs and it was, it was, it was, uh, pretty good for what it was, which was basically a home recording, you know, yeah. not much more than, than demo. And, uh, you know, then, uh, when we decided we were going to do a full length album, uh, we went to our buddy, Mike Lavin, who was, was not, not anymore, but he, he moved out of town, but he was, uh, the, uh, engineer and producer at, uh, DI. Okay. down the street and uh we talked to him we uh we uh had these songs that we we uh we had pretty much all done and but it wasn't a full-length album you know it was really more like uh the old album plus uh maybe six five or six new songs and mike said he he, he said guys you have this old album Pet Rat, that was not recorded you know professionally let's take the best songs off that album Let's re-record them, and let's take these new songs you have, and let's make a whole new album. Yeah. So, uh, uh, probably at least maybe seven. Seven of those songs were from that first uh, album, Get Rad, and then we had these new ones. And we went to we went to Mike, and he Mike he's in this, uh, he's in a band called Plurals, which uh, is one of the best bands in Las Vegas. They're they're mm -hmm. a little kind of inactive right now because they're um, they they moved to other parts of the country, but they they still get together and jam once in a while. But Mike Lavin is a phenomenal uh, engineer. He's great to work with, and he had just a great studio. So he he really was uh, uh, for the for the production of that album. He really uh, put it together for us in in a sense. It was his idea to take these old songs, take these new songs. He's the one that really gave it that the sound, the professional sound. Uh, that is on that album. And then his bandmate, Trent, who's a singer for the Plurals, is he did uh, the artwork for the album. So nice. and, and those guys are, are good friends of ours, and they, they contributed a lot. And we, well, we love them. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, because you do have like that kind of comic booky. Uh, yeah, cover. we like that cartoonish feel. Yeah. We don't take ourselves too seriously, and you can tell that, you can see that in our music, you know. We, yeah. uh, you know, that's one of the things like we we kind of all talked about early on. Like this is a this is a three chord punk rock band. We sing about beer and girls and partying, and uh, some of that evolves. It might have changed, uh, you know, over time as we're getting older. But for the most part, you know, we're we're called Jerk. We play three four chord uh, punk rock songs, and we're we're not trying to. Uh, trying to do anything too serious, you know. We're, yeah. we're we're fun guys. Yeah. So, do you guys have uh, current music that you guys are put going to be putting out soon? Are you working on new music, or is it kind of tough? Oh to yeah. Together during this time? Uh, of course, like the uh, the uh, pandemic gave us lots of free time. Yeah. So uh, we've been waiting. We we recorded uh, the four songs for the uh, for the seven inch last year, and we've been waiting for a while for the uh, for it to get pressed. Of course, the pressing plants are all taking forever. Uh, Nobody's fault except for well, maybe those the uh, the big record labels who are jumping on the vinyl the vinyl yeah. train. <laughs> uh, we mentioned that earlier, so they're 
Uh, it's taken a while to get to get our our uh, our record pressed, but uh, we still we were very lucky. We have a great label, uh, Mom's Basement Records, out in Pennsylvania, and uh, they they have some of the best pop punk around right now. Uh, and John, who uh, runs that label, he does he does great work, and I, I love all the bands on the label. They're doing really good stuff. And so we're waiting for that. And since then, we've been writing stuff. We have a lot of stuff uh, uh, ready to get into the studio again. And I'm not sure. We don't have any kind of official schedule or, or, or time frame. We're just trying to think about what we want the next album uh, to be like structurally, to put it all together, and then we're going to jump in the studio. Nice. Yeah, and obviously, you guys, you're not, you're not the rich, famous musicians that uh, can obviously just just work on and, and just do your music alone, but you guys all have day jobs. Obviously you probably have to work around those schedules and stuff like that. But do you find it kind of hard, you know, as a band that's kind of not signed to a major label to get that extra promotion, do that promotion yourself. Now I know you do have an actual record label, but do you guys have to do a lot of this promotion yourselves as, as part of that? I mean, it's kind of like a back yeah. and forth with the, the, the smaller labels. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, we're very independent. I mean, bombs basement records, uh, helps us out you know they 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 promote for for us but uh, most of the stuff we do is our on our own through social media you know we try and stay active with our youtube channel uh our, our instagram facebook all those things and even if it's just making like like stupid videos or something sometimes we do little you know skits or just uh, you know fuck around on our own and yeah. we, just to or even if it's promoting, you know, other shows around town, you know, Josh is a promoter over at Evil Pie. Yeah. So he's always putting on shows over there, even if jerks. I not just on the saw him uh, last weekend at the night. Well, actually, at this show, the Nights Like Thieves and uh, the uh, uh, Taken Days concert. I just saw him there doing that show. At Evil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we're we're uh, always trying to stay active stay busy and you know it's a it, it's hard right now uh we you know when i started playing music you know it, it felt like it it was it was it was different you know a long time ago you didn't have social media and you're just hoping to get into a, a you know a house gig or something yeah and now everything is online everything seems like yeah so, so do you, yeah. I was going to ask you about this. How long have you lived in Las Vegas yourself? Uh, 17 years. Okay. So I'm, I'm about 16. So you probably have a very similar perception of the Las Vegas music scene here, because it seems like the process is to just try to meet other Las Vegas bands and try to cobble together a show with each other because venues and promoters and the fans don't seem to be, kind of clamoring for shows you just have to kind of go out and play them and then tell people hey show up please like there doesn't seem to be like if you go like in california or even texas or random cities and a lot of you know, especially college towns you'll find a huge little rock scene in most of those towns but here in las vegas it's it's very sparse it's just like little pockets here and you got like double down and you got the dive bar but it's not an every weekend thing even. It's sometimes it's like they'll just put on karaoke or something because they don't have enough bands to even promote. And it's like you can't do the same four bands every week or whatever. Well, uh, you know, when I first moved to Vegas, I came out here uh, to work in casinos. I was about 22 years old. The first 
maybe five, six, seven years I lived here, I hardly ever went to shows. I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't really discover the local music scene. I'd go out to, uh, you know, if there was a bigger band that I knew that I, I wanted to see, I, I'd go catch them at House of Blues or yeah. something like that. But the local music scene uh, didn't really catch my ear until um, yeah, maybe about uh, seven or eight years ago. I was at the beauty bar and I saw a local band that uh, uh, really blew me away. And I started talking to those guys and that's when I started to, to discover some of the local bands and get, get into the scene. Yeah. Who was the band? So, but for, for a long time, I, I was, I was not active in this, in this local scene at all. I didn't really caught my ear when I first moved here is when um, the killers were really blowing up. Yeah. And so the friends that I did have here were really into like, like local indie stuff, which was always going on over at the bunkhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So who was the uh, who was the band you saw at the beauty bar that that blew you away? Uh, they were called Civilians. Okay, I haven't heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were they were uh, active for a while. I think they played a punk rock bowling show. Gotcha. And uh, really good kind of um, like street rock. Or they they opened for a, a band that. I used to know back called Generators, and I just went to Beauty Bar to catch the Generators, and I was sitting in the back, uh, listening, you know, just waiting for the Generators to go on, and I heard civilians, and they said they're from Las Vegas. I was like, wow, this is really good. So I made my way up front and uh, uh, really enjoyed them. And when I got to know those guys, then I kind of uh, discovered a lot of other bands around town. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and there there are quite a few good bands if you dig deep. I mean, you don't have to dig too deep. You just kind of got look around, check out some of these, the venues in here and there. But, you know, one of the things I've always noticed is you go to a venue, I mean, 30, 40 people, that's a good day. And even on a Friday or Saturday night and you're like, Hey, that, that's, that's just kind of how it is with the local scene. Now, is that a low number for other places? I don't know, but it seems like the venues themselves have to attract the crowd. It's almost like the, the bands that are playing, it's not like you guys can't pull crowds or, you know, Mercy Music or any of these guys can't pull crowds or Guilty by Association, Happy Campers. Those guys can pull crowds, but it's it's like pulling people to to come watch your shows. Like, I've I been a huge punk fan. I've been a huge rock fan for all my life. And I'm like, hey, guys, let's go to this show. It's a local show. It's a free show. You don't have to pay anything. We can literally just go there and drink. All you have to do is show up. And it's, like, impossible to get people to go. I'm like, why is it so hard to get people just to show up to a freaking show? You know, there's something that's that's kind of a, an anomaly to me, and I it always makes me laugh. Like, uh, we have local shows. Like, we have a gig coming up with with four local bands uh, next month. It's going to be great, you know. And, and for a show like that, we will probably fill up the double down. Yeah. But uh, like, generally, most most local shows might get like you know 40, 40 people, fifty people in the double down, something like that. But when we play with Teenage Bottle Rocket. Or if you have a bigger touring act comes, I don't know where all these people come from, but they show up. Yeah. So once they get the, the bigger, when you get a bigger touring act that comes through town, it's like, you know, like they, they're calling out of the cracks, like coming out of the gutter. Yeah. They show up. I don't know yeah. where all these people are when, uh, you know, when we just have some local bands, but, you know. And that's what I always wonder too. It's like, if they truly like, say, Teenage Bottle mm-hmm. Rocket, Last Gang, Tightwire, these kinds of bands, you know, obviously other bands come through relatively often, but it's it's even hard for big bands to come through because there's not really that kind of 
great mid-level size venue. It's either you got a hundred person venue or a thousand person venue. And those kind of two, 300 spots, there's a couple in town, but not yeah. many. And, you know, like authority zero played at uh, backstage bar and billiards. And it's like, that's like a, you know, 500 people, maybe I'm not really yeah. even sure what the capacity is there, but you know, and it's like, they put that show on on a Friday night. I didn't actually get to go to that because there was actually another concert that I was at that same night. Um, but um, it's just like, I don't know, it was actually the Pac-12 football championship. That's what it was. I was I'm an Oregon fan, so I was at that. But I was like, damn it, if they would only come tomorrow, I would have gone. Uh, but I already bought these $300 tickets, so I couldn't just like sit on them. Um, but it's like, that's that's like where where is that people like that, that, that can book these book these venues first of all. And then how come we can't get people to shows, you know, for mercy music and jerk and all these other guys. And, and it's just crazy that it's like, you have to force people to go listen to great music. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I've been wondering that for a long time, yeah. you know, uh, Hey, look, I was one of those people for a long time that, that didn't really go out into this local music scene for a long time. I just didn't, I didn't really discover it. I think yeah. every time we get a, a, a show like we did last uh, November with Teenage Bottle Rocket, it exposes us to a whole new group of locals. They're like, oh, I didn't know this band was here in Vegas. Yeah. And I think that's how we've been growing. We've been lucky enough to play with some bigger bands in the last couple of years, get on uh, like a punk rock bowling stage, open up for some of our favorite bands. And every every little every little step like that is just a step in the right direction. And we if it's really up to the band to put in the work, uh, we've, we've come as far as we have because we've, we've taken the, you know, basically bit the bullet to jump in the van and say, okay, we're going to go to the Midwest, you know, even yeah. though we're, we're not really known, we just go for it. We go up to the Pacific Northwest. We play, you know, wherever we can. We made an effort to really, uh, get out of Las Vegas and try and be, you know, just, a. uh, more more of a national act than than a local act and that yeah that's really hard to do yeah yeah no kidding it's like most people kind of reign supreme on one city and then move out of their city right it's like big fish or yeah big fish and small pond but it's like the pond here is so just like well it's a desert right so it's like so low like you're kind of just flapping around trying to get out of that pond as soon as possible well i remember an interview with uh Reverend Horton, he, a few years back. And one thing that stuck with me that he said was that the bands that get big are the ones that tour. Yeah. So, you know, whether I lived in, in California or here in Vegas, I've seen a lot of good bands. I mean, really, really good bands, better bands than, than Jerk that never went outside of, of their hometown. Yeah. Because, they, you know, and, some people don't want to do that. Some people, you know, they're at an age or they have a family and they, they have a job and they don't, they're not trying to be a national act. They're not trying to tour the world and that's fine. But there's some great bands that have just n never really got outside their, you know, their city limits, which is a shame. Yeah. So how do you guys go about booking? Uh, do you just kind of reach out to bands that you have connections with and see where, what kind of venues they've worked with or you have, is that how the label helps you? Yeah, I mean it's a lot of work, and uh, like like I said, Josh being from the Midwest, he uh, he has a lot of connections out there where he's from. So uh, and also being a promoter here in Vegas, he brings in a lot of bands that are touring through here through the mid, you know, whether they be from the East Coast or Midwest or anywhere. We have a lot of friends up on the Pacific Northwest too. So when they come to Vegas, you know, Josh might book them at Evil Pie, and then we have a little help when we're trying to put a show together in their hometown. 
Yeah. And sometimes it's just a matter of uh, of just really putting the rubber to the road and you know of every venue that we can we can figure out in a city and just sending them emails. Yeah. You know, just you might send out a hundred emails and, and get two two replies and they might both be rejections, but uh, eventually, you know, it you find a place that'll say, okay, yeah, we'll give you a, we'll give you gas money and we give you a free drinks and come play on, you know, sometimes it's a Tuesday night and you make like 50 bucks or sometimes, you know, the promoter leaves before you're done playing and you don't get anything. But uh, generally, you know, every tour that we've been on has been better than the last and we've done con- consistently uh, better and better and building up, uh, you know, it's, it, uh, small, I would say small fan bases in various parts of the country. And then you yeah. just keep going back and back, you know, Yeah. and eventually you have good it, shows and, uh, or another band, a, a bigger band might, might know you and recognize you and say, Hey, come, you know, I, you can have this opening spot yeah. here in, here in Texas or wherever they're at. And then you, you end up playing a killer show to a big crowd and everything just kind of, it snowballs. It's, it's a slow process, but, eventually you know you start to see results yeah and obviously you and i know uh, um aj have have different uh side projects as well i'm not sure if everybody in the band is in a different band but i know you two for sure are so tell me how that kind of works obviously you just have mentioned you just got back from texas doing a little tour uh with your other bands so how do you make time for multiple bands is it just kind of something like you you just love so much that you make time or is it just is it actually quite hard to be able to do both uh yeah, I mean, it is it is something I, I love so much that I decided that, you know, this is I'm going to do this, I want to do this for the foreseeable future while I can. You yeah. know, uh, I'm 38 right now. I don't know, you know, I, I always, I always want to play music. I don't know how, how long I want to be in the van, doing the van life and, you know, you know uh, touring and things like that. But I decided... A few years ago that this is what i want to do while i can yeah so i was asked to to play bass for another band uh we're called fall risk from san antonio and this is even harder because the other guys live in texas so we do a lot of traveling to make that band work it's uh <laughs> yes it's a lot of work uh i was lucky enough and i recommend this for anybody who wants to to go play music and that and take that step in that direction, find a job that will let you do what you want to do. I'm, yeah. I'm fortunate enough. I have a day job where I, I drive people to the grand Canyon, but it's pretty nice. It's good enough money. And my boss is super cool about giving me time off. Like I'm taking a couple months off uh, this spring, just to, just a to tour. Nice. So I'm lucky to, to have put myself in that position, but it took me a, a lot of years to figure that out. I worked in casinos for a long time and uh, they sometimes they're, they, they're very strict and stingy about giving time off. There's certain yeah. dates where they won't let give you time off, things like that. Eventually, and this wasn't a terribly easy decision. It wasn't an easy step for me. I just, I, I left that business. I left the casino business without really having any kind of uh, plan. And uh, it, it took, it took some time. To figure out what what I was going to do, mm-hmm. but I, I found a job that was very accommodating of how I wanted to live my life, and it 
it, I, I would I would recommend if if you're doing something that doesn't you know let you give you that opportunity to do things whatever it may be you know not music not really music if you want to cook or or do art or anything at all if something's hindering your your ability to do that then you know life's too short step away from that find find a way find a means to to do what you want to do with your yeah. life yeah so, build build your and, life uh, around work not the other way around right exactly yeah. and i spent yeah i spent most of my my 20s you know building a, a a career and eventually i i was not happy with it and i used to i used to uh, be a dealer a supervisor i would dream all day i mean literally daydream about playing music yeah and uh you know my guitars were basically hanging on the wall i had amps in the garage that never got used and finally when i started playing again you know it just it just clicked and then i uh, you know when i took a weekend trip with with my band to go in phoenix and tucson i was like why why am i not doing this all the time yeah. you know what i put so much of myself into you know a job that really doesn't give a shit about me at all yeah you know yeah exactly so, uh for for me personally i I put in the effort to go play music in Texas. Go, you know, you can do a lot over the internet too, which is very helpful. I was going to say, so, how do you do? You guys practice, or do you just they send you some stuff and you just work out the songs and send it back? Yeah, or? pretty much. I mean, it's a lot of it's it's definitely more practice than than uh, average band. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, with this band, we have a singer who does all the writing, and he makes the demos, and then he'll do the demo with the drummer. They send them to me through the internet and I'll work out my bass parts. And it's, it's a lot of work because, you know, there's, when you show up and you're in town for three, four or five days, you, there's no room to learn there. You got to be ready when you show up. Yeah. So that's how, that's how we do it. And it, it works. And I got the guys coming out here in gigs and then we try and make the most of every trip. When I, when I went to San Antonio, we, we played, three gigs we went to Corpus Christi and Houston. And when the guys come out here next month, we're going to do a gig here in Vegas. And then we're going to go, uh, I think, uh, Phoenix or I don't know, maybe California or somewhere, but you know, you make the most of, of, of what yeah. you got and we're going to yeah. do some recording and stuff like that. So, uh, Josh has a side project that, uh, is called damn by the night. And, uh, they haven't played a gig. I think that Josh said it might be more of a recording project, but, yeah. uh, it was kind of like horror punk and I feel like it's kind of evolving into psycho Billy. I'm not okay. sure exactly because yeah, I actually uh, saw he posted something on his Instagram with the new, new rock or whatever, new song or something like that. And he posted something with damn something. I was like, is this yeah, damn, damn, what is this? But yeah. Damn by the night. And yeah. I, 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 it's, he sends me, he, every time he writes a, you know, a song or something, he sends me a video of it and it's pretty good, but I could see it's evolving. Uh, more from horror punk towards psycho Billy, because I saw a post today that you could put up saying that he's looking for an upright bass player. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's the dead giveaway right there. Yeah. <laughs> First giveaway. Yeah. You get, it's going to be the stray cats meets like system of a down or like, uh, <laughs> something like that. and he got it. He got a Gretsch guitar, which he's very proud of. And yeah. so I, I can tell right there, he's, you know, he's starting to use that whammy bar and, you know, yeah. do, do some bends and stuff, slamming on the E string, standard, <laughs> standard rockabilly stuff. Yeah. I'm going to 
I'm going to watch it. Just keep an eye on his hair. Make sure, you know, he starts <laughs> doing the pompadour and things like that. Yeah. You're like mascara and a pompadour and then that'd be like perfect. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I know you guys obviously do have the show. Uh, next show is on February 19th. I think by the time this airs, it'll be just past. But um, obviously that's with Franks and Deans and Happy Campers at the Double Down Saloon. Do you guys have any other shows lined up or you're trying to book right now? And um, kind of- uh, Well, interesting thing about that show is uh so it's going to be uh frank and dean's happy campers jerk and then my other band fall risk coming from san antonio so i gotta do double duty which i'm i'm not a big fan of honestly yeah but but i'll do it you know uh, it, it's not not that i mind playing two sets it's just that i feel like it's kind of i don't know you gotta you gotta have a lot of ego to uh to think that people want to see you play music all night. Like, I, like <laughs> there's some, sometimes people have like five different bands and you'll see all five of those bands on a bill. And it's just like, come on, man, you know, how, how much of you do, do do you think we want to see? But yeah. uh, I'll, do, I'll do the two sets. And it, that, I think that's going to be a really great show. It's going to be a lot of fun. All those, all those other bands, they're all, all good friends of ours. And uh, should be a lot of fun. As far as jerk stuff, I don't think we have a lot going on. I know, okay, uh, the next couple months is going to be maybe a little quiet for us. Uh, we are working on writing and recording right now, but I know that we are going to go pretty hard come late spring, summertime. Yeah. I know that uh, we're, we have almost two full tours booked, and we're working on a third one. So we're nice. going, I don't have, uh, off the top of my head, I'm not, I, I just know it's, we're going to the Midwest. And then working on the East Coast also, which, which we haven't been to. We've, we've never been to the East Coast. We made it, I think, as far as Cleveland one time. Nice. And we almost got to Pennsylvania, and that show got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so our goal for this year, with music coming back, hopefully, was to make it to the East Coast. So we're going to try and get to you know New York, Boston, uh, D.C., uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, all, the, all those spots. And nice. see some new cities, some places we haven't been to before. Very cool. And then Very... I, I, I know that we're doing the Midwest, I think in April. I think April into early May. Cool. Very so. awesome. Yeah, that's great to hear because, yeah, obviously, you know, I think it was last or just like maybe a couple of weeks ago, you guys had to cancel the show. Um, I believe somebody in the band uh, had COVID or the whole band uh, got COVID. But uh, Well, we actually, let's see, we, we were scheduled to play. I, I, I just know that we canceled at least three shows to start the year off, which yeah. is not a great way to start the year off. Yeah. You know, we had, it was, uh, it was, it was kind of, uh, kind of depressing. You know, we really wanted to hit the ground running, but you know, we decided, you know, I, I I've been talking to the guys. I'm like, guys, let's not, it's just one little hiccup. This isn't the, how the whole year is going to go. Let's not let it define the whole year. So trying to stay positive about that. You know, some people like, you know, shit, shit goes sour the first like week of the year, like Betty White dies or yeah. something. And everybody's like, well, fuck 2022. It's like, wait, yeah. we still got 51 weeks to go. You like know, everybody dies. Around. Somebody dies in January every year. Yeah. It's like, well, let's not let's not let it um, dictate the rest of the year. So we're going to try and stay positive and and make up those shows and uh, try and you know make something of this year and have, have a lot yeah. of fun. Awesome. 
I want to thank you for obviously coming on the show. We'll add some links to the music and everything in the show notes below. Uh, did you want to plug anything or say anything to anybody who maybe hasn't heard about you guys yet before we go today? Uh, well, uh, please check out our album, Panic Attack. It's, uh, it's streaming on all platforms. Uh, keep an eye out for our 7-inch. It's called uh, Sleepaway Camp. Welcome to Sleepaway Camp. Coming out on Mom's Basement Records. Please check out Mom's Basement Records. Uh, if you like pop punk, they have some great bands. I want to say please out February 19th to the Double Down. We have four awesome bands. Uh, it's going to be a really fun night. Franks and Deans, Happy Campers, Jerk, and Fall Risk. Uh, it's going to be a big party. And then, uh, gosh, what else? I think I think that's it. Uh, follow us on Facebook. You know, even if we don't have a whole lot going on, we just like to, you know, uh, post some fun stuff on there and just interact with people. Yeah, I haven't seen anything like this, but you guys should just start doing pranks on each other and then at the end just say, jerk! <laughs> you, know <what's, laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, with the name jerk, we've noticed that uh, people tag us in random things where they're, like, calling other people a jerk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we get tagged in some random things. I don't, I don't think they realize they're tagging a punk band from Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> and so what I've done recently is I make an effort to apply to every single one of them and maybe, you know, interject on whatever conversation they're having about whatever it may be, but also make it a point to let them know, hey, check out Jerk yeah. on Bandcamp or on Spotify, yeah. you know. So I've had some fun doing that. Yeah, that's pretty funny because, yeah, you could be like, you know, somebody's like, hey, you're an at jerk. And then it's like, oh, no, these guys have nothing to do with us. But hey, you know what? Check us out anyway. <laughs> it's It's been fun doing that. I get some interesting uh, replies when I when I mess around with people That's on nice. that. That's and, cool. Uh, so uh, Check out Josh's band, uh, Damn by the Night. AJ has a great uh, side project called uh, Wyatt in the Ashes. And then I'm in a band called Fall Risk. We're going to be here next month. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're all we're all pretty busy doing stuff, and but you know, jerk jerk's gonna be really busy this year. After uh, probably after March, we're we're really gonna hit hit the road and go hard. Very I think cool. that's how it's gonna be. You know, spring, summertime into early fall. That's gonna be touring time, and then you know, when COVID hits again next winter, we'll lay low. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't want to get stuck out in Pittsburgh or something and be like, oh, all of our shows are canceled. Now we gotta drive back. Yeah, what a bummer. <laughs> yeah very cool so thanks matt for being here and for the awesome conversation today and if you haven't checked out their stuff yet make sure to go to the show notes below this episode for the links if you like what you heard on the show today please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends on social media you can see the full interview the video interview on our youtube channel as well also if you want to check out some of our written content or any of our products or merch that we have available go to poweredbyrock.com to read our absolutely free rocking blog full of album reviews interviews and lists to keep you entertained and find our gear as well so you can pick up some items to play and look like a rock legend that's our show for today we'll see you soon for the next episode until then rock on <laughs>